John plus Lance equals a damn good start to your day. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's John and Lance. Hey, welcome back here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Josh Pate joining us right now, as he does every week right here to talk college football. Josh Pate, you can find his work. Uh, well, you can uh, follow him at Late Kick Josh on Twitter, and you can listen to his podcast, and The Late Kick with Josh Pate. We never talk about this, but his college, uh, Pate State is not accredited yet, but we're hoping for accreditation in the future uh, for Pate State. Pate so that State? He can, yeah. Well, if you need any help with that, Josh, we're here for you. Okay. Well, well you know good and well it doesn't even matter at this point if I get accredited. If I'm good right out of the gate, the NCAA is not letting me do anything in the postseason. So I'm going to take my time on this. Okay. Well, yeah, and, yeah. B- and we saw Bishop Sycamore was able to do some things on, mm-hmm. on, Got uh, on the high school level. Yeah. yeah, So maybe Pate State can – are you looking at fielding a team, Josh, uh, uh, like B- a.k.a. Bishop Sycamore? Are you looking to do something like that? I love the way you put that. Bishop Sycamore was able to, quote, do some things, unquote. <laughs> well, it's wide-ranging. We don't have enough time here. <laughs> our, our, uh, some of our management the other day had some friends in the office, and one of them walked in, doesn't watch a bunch of college football or anything, and he saw, he saw one of the T-shirts, and he said, hey, um, so I saw this T-shirt. And I, for like the past five minutes, I've been on my phone because I felt like an idiot. And I've been Googling, like, what is Pate State? Where is Pate State? What state is that in? And I had to fill the guy in. That, no, we just made a fictitious university <laughs> for our show because it's fun, man. You're not going to find it anywhere, at least yet. No, not anytime soon. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, well, speaking of no, well, not the postseason, but how about not the regular season, too? Michigan. And what this Michigan judge who speaks at the University of Michigan, what he is going to do this Friday in uh, response to this appeal. And, Josh, is this in any way, shape, or form going to – we were just talking about uh, uh, realignment. Is this is Michigan going to be pissed off enough to maybe leave the Big Ten after all this is said and done? Well, um, the answer is not a definitive no. I'll put it that way. So when I went up to the Penn State game, the Michigan-Penn State game last week, I was, a, I was around a lot of folks who were pretty high up at Michigan and they weren't they weren't ready to talk, you know, specifically about what's happening in the here and now. I'll tell you what they were a lot more loose lipped about if you talk to the right one, and that was how they feel about the future and how rocky all of a sudden the soil feels that they're planted in right now in the Big Ten. Now, here's how I took that. The wound was fresh and so, you know, it could have been just emotion talking. See me two years down the road, and let's see if that sounds the same. But I will tell you, you know, those folks had everything on the table about the future of Michigan athletics as it related to the Big Ten, etc. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Even after this turns out the way it turns out, if you'll be able to repair some of what's been damaged there. Now, outsiders look at it and say, well, "What are you crying about? You guys brought it on yourself." I get that. I, I am an outsider. Like I'm not Michigan. But inside, you're asking me about how they feel. I'm telling you how they feel. It's all on the table. Like, they've discussed that stuff. They've discussed leaving the Big Ten informally. And it would not be the biggest shock in the world to me if that happened down the road. This is insane. I can't believe, honestly, Josh, I can't believe this is even a thing where because they they appeared to have created an improper uh, advantage through – 
uh, illegal illegal activity. Same thing that the, the Houston Astros did. We know about it here using video formats, and you're you're not allowed to to scout other teams on the road doing that. It's illegal. I've seen the record with Michigan before Stallions was under Hallball before Stallions was hired and after he was hired, and it's points per game and points against and all that stuff, uh, which may you know. We don't know if it's directly tied to it. But what's crazy to me, Josh, is that because it, regions don't matter anymore when we see the realignments of conferences, it's totally possible that Michigan could just leave the Big Ten. And that seems like something that's just outlandish that they could consider leaving. That's your conference. What are you doing? This is, is yeah. this, I mean, wh- where would they go? What would they do? SEC. How about Michigan and the SEC? Oh, you want to catch some? Hey, there ain't a whole lot of you know Michigan states and Wisconsin's and Penn State. Guess what? It's a little tougher going to the SEC now. Uh, look, how about Michigan as an independent? I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. I think that's something they've talked about. So, I think anyone who's agnostic towards college football and they're just a sports fan, they look at this rightly and they say, "Hold up, like y- y- being in a conference is like being etched in stone in the side of a mountain. You're gonna." leave over over this little spat you've been having well the way they would answer that is yeah we we know we're being popped for going 40 and a 35 but we don't like that all the neighbors called the cops on us knowing full well they have meth labs in their basement and told on us for going 40 and a 35 that's the way they frame it for you whether that's true or not that's the way they view it uh, also just keep an eye on this when they threatened prior to having the punishment handed down when michigan threatened about what they knew about the rest of the conference. They weren't bluffing about that, as best I can tell. So let's just see what seeps out over the coming weeks and months. Because I really think, in terms of just punitive action towards Michigan, we've seen what we're going to see. Absent the NCAA coming down harder, we've seen what we're going to see, and that is Jim Harbaugh being suspended. The storm kind of may be winding down on that front. Where it's going to just now crank up is what we just talked about with the future of Michigan and also what comes out about what they have found about any of a number of other Big Ten institutions. Josh Pate with us here this morning on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. What's your take? Do you even care about where uh, everybody is in the college football playoff uh, rankings? Uh, Not necessarily, but I do care. I I don't know. I care. I care about what happens if all that chalk holds, which I still don't believe will. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in zoom out protocol when we're still several weeks away. So when people ask me, hey, do you think they would leave Alabama out if Bama wins out but everyone else does? I say no. But then they say, okay, well, what if? And they start laying out all the paths. Well, I don't do that. I just sit here and tell you it's really basic to me. If I have a 12-1 and Alabama as an SEC champion, or if Georgia were to lose to Tennessee Saturday, but then they go beat Alabama, and they're a 12-1 and SEC champion, there's no planet in this galaxy where a 12-1 and SEC champion is out of the playoff. If that means it comes at the expense of another conference champion, so be it. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just telling you there is no way they're leaving that SEC champ with one loss out. Now, I know what the what the rest of the noise is, which is, well, you certainly can't leave undefeated Power 5 champs out. And how could you leave Oregon out? How could you do this and that? How could you leave Texas out if they've got the head-to-head over Alabama? I hear all that. I get the logic. 
I'm just giving you my point of view. I don't think they're leaving the 12 and one SEC champ out. Yeah. Do you, you know, this is a, I like that. I like that we have some, a little bit of wiggle room to, to potentially make some changes for the playoffs. I, uh, I, the new format, John and I talked about the new format moving forward, and uh, they were going to go from a 6-6, obviously, to a 5-7 is, is the format. What are your thoughts on how the alignment of the 12-game playoff eventually stacks out? Um, and, and how would you do it if you were the, the commissioner, although there is no such thing as a commissioner of college football. No one even cares about the NCAA anymore. Well, I hate auto bids, uh, period. I hate, I don't hate, I don't like the expanded playoff, but if we were to expand it, um, I, I always really loved the idea of a 16 playoff with no auto bid. So I'm just taking the six highest rated teams and the first two get by. So you get rewarded, but you also maintain the sanctity of a relatively small field where, I mean, for example, Penn State wouldn't be in. Like Penn State right now is still in the playoff, which is just mind-boggling. But it is what it is. So in the future, since we're going to 12 teams, and they're, they're talking, like you said, about going from 6'6 six, six to 5'7, I just don't like auto bids at all. Maybe in a bygone era where at least we could pretend conferences were roughly the same, maybe it made sense. I didn't even like it back then. But we're moving to a future where you've got a big two in the SEC and Big Ten, and then you've got a gulf. And then maybe any given year, the ACC has a decent year. And, and then the Pac-12 just doesn't exist anymore. We're guaranteeing five conference champs a seat at the table. And I have no idea why. In the past, it's because all of them had equal power and you couldn't get anyone to sign off on something unless you guaranteed them a seat at the table. They don't even have equal power in the future. I have no clue why the SEC and the Big Ten would ever even sign off on a model that guarantees five slots for conference champs at a table where you're the only two big boys in town with maybe a third down the road somewhere. Nothing else is equitable in college football. Why make that equitable? That's a good way to put it. Again, I've said this three times in this call already. It doesn't make it right. It just makes it. (laughs) I like it because, first of all, I I want a seat at the table for the group of five. I want them to be represented because they have had no representation. I want to see what's made the NCAA basketball tournament great is the little guy actually stepping up. Why and who automatic? knows, a little guy will step up because you won't give it to them otherwise. You, they won't be included if otherwise. If they're not in one of the so top you, they 12 gotta teams. Be, so one group of five has got to be. But shouldn't they be in the top 12? If they're a good group of five team, they'll be in the top 12. Correct. Yeah, right. uh, yeah more, more than likely they will be, but there are times that they might not be. I like it. I like the conference champs are in because it makes every conference game mean something. And actually, you know, in the past, winning a conference actually meant something, and it'll mean something again because you do get that bid, so it'll be that much more important. And and I know conferences aren't the same as they used to be, but it still means something. So I, I like it because with seven more teams outside of the conference champs and the, the group of five team, with seven more, we're going to get plenty of – all the good teams are going to get there. Everybody's going to get there. It'll be fine. There's going to be some teams that's 13 are going to be left off and they're going to be pissed. But, oh, well, uh, you're going to eat, then play better. You know, I, I, I kind of – I like what we're doing. I, lo- I want 12, Josh. I don't think six is enough. But, see, here's – I mean, so the counter are, the counters are obvious. We've heard this debate happen forever. But here's my thing that I've always gone back to. It seems like even people who argue with me on this – 
they they kind of meet me in the middle and they say, now look, it's probably not going to change who wins the championship, and all the good teams are going to get in, and they'll probably end up being the cream that rises to the top. But in the meantime, it makes more games more interesting. But in the meantime, it lets the little guy in. Or or but you know it it makes the conference championship games matter. Well, my counter there is. Do you really think, after the novelty of that wears off, and we're five years into it, do we really think that we'll continue to be fooled by being in love with the procedure of the playoff instead of the champion crowning mechanism of the playoff? Because everywhere else, I mean, we're looking at a playoff. If you have a postseason system, it's built to crown a champion. I got college football fans trying to convince me, Oh, the, the crowning of the champion, now that'll be an afterthought, but we'll really get excited about the procedure of the playoff. I think in the initial stages, that's true. But you'll come to condition your mind to realize, okay, the 11th seed never has a shot unless it's like a two-loss Georgia who backs in. And so I think you'll recalibrate your emotions towards it accordingly in time. Until it does. Until, and you're right. It won't happen until it does, but it will happen at some point. It will happen where somebody just plays well enough. Who to thunk that a Villanova or a uh, a uh, all the smaller teams that get to the Final Four? Who to thunk that they'd be able to hang with the Kentuckys that, and the Kansas? It doesn't really happen else. with college football, though. We've seen it over the last but several. It years. It doesn't happen because we've there's, never given it a chance. Well, no, and now maybe it will. There's only three teams. Even the fourth best team gets smashed by the best teams. Like well, that, that Georgia wouldn't football. have won. It, you're right. Georgia would still be crowned the last couple of years. There was nobody beating Georgia. You're nobody. Right. No. And, but or Georgia, Alabama. And that will continue to happen until it doesn't. Until it doesn't. But it ain't going to be that it's an Ohio State that beats them. It's a, it's a Clemson with Deshaun Watson and, and a team full of NFL players. It's just too many NFL players on these teams for a, a, a little guy to step up and beat them. I mean, we saw Cincinnati was completely outmatched. They just don't have enough. We don't and, and know. Cincinnati actually had a decent amount of NFL But we players. don't know what college football is going to look like with NIL with maybe teams, you know, now it's going to be separated as opposed to just the big schools. Maybe maybe it'll separate teams. I don't We'll see. We'll see. And you know what? I just, I just like. have money. I like more teams. I like, I like the underdog getting a chance. Well, the so. bigger teams are going to take in the smaller teams' players now. Yeah. Josh, this week, who, what's your favorite game? I'm going up to Corvallis for the first time. I'm going to see Washington, Oregon State. Imagine this. Imagine you're Jonathan Smith. Imagine you're the Beavers. And all you hear on TV is people talking about whether the Pac-12 champ's going to get in. And it's just Oregon, Washington. And you're sitting there realizing, we are about to play both of them. By the way, I don't think America even realizes Washington is a point spread underdog to Oregon State this week. So there's no foregone conclusion up there. They could be the biggest chaos agent in the entire playoff structure. Yeah, and and they're and they're well coached. They know who they are. They play within their they play within the construct of 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 their system. And I'm I'm a big fan of Oregon State. I just think I think Oregon State is a really and they're not a live dog here as you mentioned. They're a two and a half point favorite against Washington. And Washington's defense has been a little sketchy here over the last uh over the second half of the season. So, I think that's a really dangerous game for Washington. That's a good game to go to could Oregon state. That's a great question. Can Oregon state be the one that sends this com- that is the chaos agent that could potentially have Alabama and Alabama might be able to just win it in. If they do that, Texas needs a lot of help and boy, Oregon, if you're a Texas Longhorn fan, 
you are the biggest fan of the Oregon State right now because you need them to knock off both those. And teams. just think of the implications, the off the field stuff that's going on in the Pac-12. If Oregon State, the team that got left behind, yeah. knocks out Washington oh, and ooh. Oregon in back-to-back weeks, yeah, I just don't believe in DJ. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't like him in the. Uh, I don't know. I'm just not a big uh, not not a big believer in DJ. I think Washington goes up there and takes care of that business. Uh, it could be the. It could be a massive weekend for him. By the way, spotlights on Penix. Washington's in the 100s and pass defense. What if all of a sudden DJ, you know, one night only special steals the show? I mean, think about how that would crown sort of his college football career. Yep. Yep. That is Josh Pate. He's with us every week right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. At Late Kick Josh and the Late Kick with Josh Pate. Josh, as always, man, great great talking college football with you. We really appreciate it. I appreciate it, guys. All right. There is Josh Pate.